Hello, friends. My guest for you today is Aaron Baia. Woo! <laughs> he just came back from a Vipassana. And boy, we have a conversation for you guys today. If you guys are stuck in this like depression whole cycle, or if you're filled with anxiety, or maybe you're worried if someone's going to like take your life, take your business, or, you know, you, you just are reactive, you know, and, and, and you're self-sabotaging. There's like a couple things that you're doing that is absolutely ruining your life, ruining your life. And we're going to go over how 10 days of silence and meditation and, and semen retention allowed this guy to really see the universe as if it was like in the palm of his hand, guys. So with that being said, this is an awesome interview. Check out the entire thing. My guest for you today is Aaron. Check him out. Dude, you you look good, man. You got like some cool clothes on. That gold is that Jupiter? Or? That is Saturn. Saturn. That is Saturn. Thank you. It's wow. Like custom custom piece. Yeah. yeah. Um, I lost weight from Vipassana though. I'm I'm really? insec I'm insecure about it right yeah, now. Yeah, put this up right here. How's that? Yeah. Oh, that's good. You lost weight, dude. I, you look shred more like shredded. I lost three kilos in Vipassana. Damn, dude. It's just hate about. yourself. Fuck. Uh, it's it's uh, the Vipassana diet. Every time you go, I lose three kilos. Most people lose like three kilos. Seems to be how much you just like you lose. Is is that a thing though? Like um, like you lose the weight, but is it just temporary? Do you get it back? You get it. You can get it back. But well, it's like it's like you intermittent fasted for ten days. Yeah, you, you did. You 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 didn't eat for eighteen hours every day for ten days. And, and then you only eat vegan, and you only eat breakfast and, and lunch. Dude, but I was talking to AJ, bro. Okay. Props to you, by the way. That was the <laughs> sickest connect. He came in here, right? He was just shit, like in the middle. He pulled out his bag and he just started like putting stuff in his nose. And <laughs> I'm like, serious? What is going on? Yeah, and um, he was telling me maybe twice a year, it's really good to go vegan for one week to just like reset the entire system. Yeah, I, b I believe him. I'm moving in with him because I know yeah. he's, he's so fucking health conscious and he's so tuned in. I'm going to be a better human being if I just am around him. Dude. I'm going to be healthier if I'm just around him. It's good. Like, I, I remember he did this, and I just felt like I had little baby T-Rex hands in front of it, yeah, you know? Yeah, I'm just bringing him around and telling people he's my bodyguard. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the thing is, he's like, he's like one of the nicest human beings. I, I never expected his personality from, like, some guy that's, yeah. like, eight feet tall, yeah, yeah. looks like he could just destroy you with one flick. Fuck yeah. That's what I really love about him, is, mm -hmm. like, he's, he's chill, and he's super nerdy. Like, mm -hmm. he, he doesn't look it, but he's actually super nerdy yeah. into this health shit, and he just busts a bunch of knowledge out, and mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, okay, we're We were instantly, like, good friends. We met at the Marcel Hoff event. Yeah. And now he's going to be doing courses and classes, and we're going to be running a bunch of stuff. We're going to be housemates. Like, it's cool. Mm. Or you guys are getting a place on an Uber, yeah. right? We found some cool, like, um, ocean view mansion vibes. It's yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's a dope house. We'll have a house party. Who's, who's uh, living there with you guys? It's going to be me, AJ, my girl's going to move in, and Ooh. another girl named Priya. I know. Damn, serious. you're a grown ass man. I'm fucking terrified. Dude. Don't, don't record that. <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, same thing's happening over here in Changu. Uh, dude, Mike Chang's gonna be my roommate. Whoa. We're moving out of here and we're getting like another like cool. like beach vibe over there. So, we, we could like. We like house swap or like get an extra room and then you could just crash here and we could just crash. That's over perfect because we're kind of doing the same thing. We're both like the extroverted dudes living yeah, with the yeah, health yeah. conscious, super health yeah, conscious yeah. guy. It's like good setup. It's funny. <laughs> Dude, but Mike Chang is on like some different like health conscious thing, you know, He's like an I, was, alien. I was talking to him. He was just like, I don't even think I need nutrition anymore. <laughs> and I'm like. Dude, like I, I wouldn't believe it for anyone else, yeah, but you, you yeah, could, yeah. you could probably do it. Yeah, yeah. What you know? is he going to eat rocks or something? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, <laughs> man. He's, he's just like enlightened or something. Yeah, yeah he's put a, a bunch of years of practice together that he can just do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, he probably just like lives off of his prana energy or mm -hmm. just 
you know. Just yes. Yeah. I just eat soil now. Like, soil. <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck, bro? Yeah, yeah. yeah I dude. But I, like, that that would be a really interesting thing on who we're gonna become. Because the moment you like live with someone, yeah. you really start embodying and each other's mannerisms. You know, you, you you take something from that. So it's important to be around people that are like, yeah. you're, gonna, you're gonna you're gonna benefit from. And so I'm excited to see. That's like mm. a mini experiment for us. It's yeah, like two deviants. That's like the real <laughs> yoga lab, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. live live with these health conscious people, and yeah. then on their own, they're like live with these crazy extroverted, see what happens like, to them. crazy nuts. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're just gonna hate us and end up murdering mm. us, dude. If we got a place, that would probably be a little bit too insane. It'd be just like fucking crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be like Vancouver days. Yeah, yeah, in Mexico yeah, days yeah, again. Die in about six weeks, probably. Yeah. I give us like four <laughs> liver failure, <laughs> dude. But like, tell me about this uh, vipassana, man. Yeah, like, yeah. that's that's one of the things that at first when I heard about it, I was like, uh, being quiet for ten days, not mm. looking in anyone's eyes for ten days, not being really just like myself for ten days. That that just sounds like stupid. Mm. But then, like, more and more people that I respect, like one of them being you, going there. And then Dave saying the exact same thing. And every, anything that Dave says is always, like, good to go. You know High what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. What, what, what happened? Can you, like, describe it? Like, because I still don't really know. You're, all I know is you're just quiet for 10 days and you eat vegan food. But, like, what, what's the gist of it? So it's, like, 10 days of concentrated practice. They call it, like, a, a concentrated practice time or a long-form practice. And it's, like, 10 days of silence. It's actually 11 days. On the 10th day, you got one more sleep there. And you're, like... The fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you said it was 10 days, Goinka. It's, yeah. it's not. It's Goinka. So like, Damn it, Goinka. He's, de he's dead. But, he's oh. dead. But, but he lied. Uh, no, it's, it's 11. Um, and it's 10 days of silence. Well, on um, nine days, the 10th day, you're allowed to speak. They have like a buffer zone where you're allowed to talk again. Because if you just went from complete silence mm. to like all your Facebook men, Instagram messages, you'd just die. Mm. It's like you need a buffer zone of like communication again before you like go to the outside world. Mm. But. You're getting up at 4.30, you're meditating for two hours, you're having a breakfast, all of them are vegetarian, it's not vegan, uh, vegetarian, and then you uh, have a little bit of a break, and then you meditate again for two two more hours, two, three more hours, and then you got um, lunch at 11, and then mm. you don't eat again for the rest of the day. So it's, in, it's intermittent fasting, 18 hours intermittent fasting, and consistently uh, you, like you, everybody loses weight you lose a bit of weight while you're going there especially mm. if you're in like a bulking zone you're gonna like cut mm. <laughs> it's like a bro version of uh, explaining the Vipassana dude but you look like really cut and shredded right now. I think you even look better now than before really yeah thank you for saying that <laughs> I was self-conscious about it because I was like trying to get bigger and then every guy it's like you look skinny you're like <laughs> it's like telling a girl like you gained weight like, I hate that you, you tell a worst. guy like you look skinny you're like yeah. Well, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst when someone comes to you and be like, bro, are you cutting? You're like, no, I'm nope. fucking bulking. Try to bulk, asshole. Or it's like the opposite. It's like when you're bulking, like, or when you're cutting, they're like, dude, you bulking? I'm like, no. No, exactly. It's, it's like a calling, asking a girl is a pre pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you you get a bit of weight. And you're just like, you just destroyed someone. <laughs> you know? just it's, like destroyed it's, a, it's a horrible thing to say. Yeah. No, no, it's not. It's not cool. Um, But... I, I literally think you look like good. I appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. Um, I went in and uh, I was super stressed out and burnt out. And what I love about the Vipassana uh, meditation like retreats is it's uh, a reset. The amount of people you talk to every day, like just it, being an entrepreneur, being in social media, being um, in any form of business, like we talk to a lot of people. Mm. And imagine we talk, but there's like, there's a thread there. And then we talk, there's a thread there. And we talk, there's a thread there. And then you have all these different kind of hanging conversations, kind of like tabs open up on your uh, browser. Mm. So you have all these tabs open. And if you go to Vipassana, you're shutting down all the tabs. 
And then when you get back out, you can open them up again in a clean form. So it's just like reset. Mm. And that is a luxury. Like just to not have to be anyone for anybody for 10 days and you just get back to yourself. And mm. it's terrifying and relaxing at the same time. Because mm. like the first few days, you're just like, oh, all I have to do is just meditate. This time's for you. You can just chill. But you also have to do the work. You have to meditate and a lot of meditation, like 10 hours a day of meditation. Mm. So like that's that's not easy. Just sitting there, you yeah, just get to sit there. But no, you got to sit there and, and properly meditate. So it's, it's not easy. It's hard. But um, the results are huge. Mm. And um, you feel really good when you get out. You got clarity. And that, that's like a powerful thing. So many ideas come through. Mm. So I journal. You're not supposed to journal, but I break all the fucking rules because I'm a badass. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but Did I, you smuggle it in? Oh, yeah. Like up the anal cavity? Yeah, it was hard rolling it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a hardcover journal? Yeah. I couldn't sit properly for a few days. I was like, ah. <laughs> it's tough. It's a tough one. Um, no, luckily, uh, they don't search your bags. Okay. <laughs> that's way better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I journaled and I got some good ideas and I was able to, to do some writing and that was powerful because most of the things I've thought of in Vipassana tech, uh, meditation retreats have been good ideas that turned into something like mm. conscious arts. I had the idea from a meditation retreat. Karma House had the idea for a meditation retreat. A bunch of other little side things, meditation retreats. Like it's, it's cool because mm. you're just like good. All the other bullshit that you got going on in your mm. life gets to quiet down. What was leading up to that? You said you were burning <sighs> out. Yeah. Crazy. I was, just, I was just driving too much and working too much and not taking enough time for myself. You know, mm. like if you don't have enough time for yourself to like realign and connect to yourself, you're burning, you're burning yourself out. You know, it's just too much going on. So I mm. needed to just relax a little bit. I was being a bit unsustain, uh, unsustainable, too much coffee, too much caffeine, too much mm. working time and not enough just chill time. Mm. So that's what I was looking for going into it. Um, I made a mistake of having expectations in this one though. Cause yeah. all, all my other ones, I was like, yo, this is powerful. And, uh, this one, I'm going to have huge epiphanies and it's going to change my life, which was like the, the bad idea going into it. Mm. And so when I went into this one, um, the center was pretty ghetto. Wow. In Nepal, right? Yeah. Yeah. It looked like a Taliban training camp. <gasps> you looked at, if you look at the place, you're like, yeah, they could train terrorists here. <laughs> it's just like a horrible fucking place. That's actually the front. The Vipassana is just a front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're yeah. doing in the back. Yeah, it's, it was a rough center. Like, it mm. was the worst living conditions I've ever lived in. So I would highly recommend anybody interested in going to a Vipassana tech, uh, retreat, go to somewhere that's in a more comfortable space, like a better um, kept first world country, something mm. like that. Nepal is like one of the poorest countries in the world. So we went to one that was in the birthplace of the Buddha. So we're like, oh, it's going to be charged up, good energy. Yeah. But then when we got to the center, we're like, oh, this is ghetto. <laughs> this is mm. rough. Yeah. Do you think that actually helped kind of remove the initial expectation in the beginning? Because if you had like this amazing, you know, just altar to do a Vipassana and then you had all these expectations, you know, maybe it wouldn't have been as strong as now, you know, you had all these expectations. And the first thing that came up was psych, you know, you're in the ghetto. Yeah, I get. I totally understand that frame of thought, but no, 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 no. <laughs> bro, You're it just like, made it worse. <laughs> <laughs> this place sucked. Yeah. <laughs> it was so ghetto. Yeah, yeah it was just like, um, and then you're like, you had ten days. In yeah, here. yeah, yeah. So it's like the first day we got there. Like my room was so ghetto, and um, I think I put some photos on my Instagram yeah, in, in, the, in, the, in, the, oh, in the post. Yeah. In the post, so if you scroll, keep going down. You pull. Oh, how do you okay, take go, pictures, go, man? Go, you you smuggle your phone in there too? Yeah, it's okay. Go up. up. Uh, okay, wait, wait, go down. 
and then <laughs> go down more, and then the one on the left, I believe. This one? Uh, no, it's the one on the right. Sorry. Yeah, she's looking at you funny, bro. I think it's that one. And and if you scroll through, I think there's photos of the center. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's what it was looking like, right? It was it was, it was rough. It's something in like Compton. That was my room. So that was my room. I slept you, I slept there for ten days. You lived in the hammock? <laughs> no, it's a mosquito net. Oh, I'm like, yeah. damn, dude. That's yeah. like connected to the wall by a toothpick, <laughs> bro. Would fall. That's my. That was my bathroom. Serious, dude. Yeah, yeah. For ten days. It was worse than jail. Worse than a Canadian jail. Wow. <laughs> Trust me, I know. Um, and so that was like one of the, like the path from the. Uh, dinner hall to the meditation yeah. place. Yeah, it was ten days. Hold on, let me let me see let me see that. Okay, you got monkeys. Monkeys were the best part. Okay, let me let me see those. Let me see that bed, dude. What <laughs> did, did, is that like a bed that like if you moved cockroaches would just? Uh, I only saw one on. cockroach the whole time, but um, I, the bed was on a concrete slab and it was a little f piece of foam. Like it was a what? Like it was really it was really hard. And um, so it was. It wasn't comfortable. It was not a comfortable space to be in. Mm. And um, it. You know what? I really learned from that was you get over it pretty quickly. Yeah. Like the first day, I was like, "Oh, this place fucking sucks." <laughs> and then by day two, I was just like, uh, "Well, mm. you know, you you get used to it. So yeah. it's not that big of a deal. Like it's it's uncomfortable. But I mean, us humans can get used to anything. Mm. Like we really can. And then we can then get to work." But yeah. like it just takes a little bit of that adjustment period that sucks where your expectations do have to drop. But then once you kind of that was one of my biggest takeaways was like on day two, I just like I was in my room and I was like, yeah, this place sucks. But then I was like, that's OK. Mm. It's, it's totally OK. I can do this. It's mm. fine. If this was the worst that, that could happen, I could completely handle this. Or if this was even worse, I like when you're in Vipassana, you have crazy um, world scenarios go on in your head, and you're like, "Well, what if like a nuclear disaster happened?" And I was like, "What?" Yeah, because you're just by yourself thinking in your head for so long, so you're like zombie apocalypse, and you just like go into that frame of thought, and you're like, "You wouldn't even know." You wouldn't have no idea. But then, what if the world was like this or worse after? And I was like, "I could live like this. Like, I could do it. I could. I could live in like war torn, terrible mm. circumstances." And I'd be like, "You get used to it. You can mm. make it work." Um, so. That's the plus of this. Mm. Um, but I would say the, the for anybody new going into a meditation retreat, I would recommend going to one that's a, in a bit of a more comfortable circumstance so you're not battling your expectations and your comfort plus a new technique and living with yourself like mm. in your own head for 10 days. So New Zealand, Dave took me to the New Zealand one and it's like the best meditation center mm. I've ever been in. It was, it was cool. You know, it was like grapefruit. Dude, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like this one would have been... Well, maybe it's like different because you had a previous expectation, right? Yeah. Like you've had like a, like a higher standard. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, you're going from, you know, like like dating like a Russian woman in my case to like <laughs> everything else, you know? Like it, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is, I don't know, like for, for example, for me, like if I was there, I would probably, and, and I didn't know what a Vipassana is and I was like, oh damn, this is going to be 10 days. And, and you're like... Like, uh, there was this one guy that said when he was in jail was the first time that he ever felt free, mm. you know, because he literally had nothing. There was no comfort. And then, um, like, I think the biggest problem in our day and age is it's very easy for us to get comfortable. And when we're in that comfort zone, like that conversation with the ages, ages like, dude, you need to put like stresses on your body, mm -hmm. not just your body, but your mind, your soul. And like, I, I think going in that dude. And then like learning how to be grateful in that when everything is like shitty instead of like this um, nice little Vipassana center with everything going. I just feel like that would even be more powerful, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, when when you take away a lot of um, 
options yeah. <laughs> and you're just kind of like stuck with bare bones like like luxury can kind of confuse us sometimes if yeah. we have too many choices and too much luxury and too many too many too many things added to us um it complicates our life but when we simplify our life that's why a lot of those like super high power individuals live pretty simply mm. you know it's not a bunch of added fluff it's just like straight to the point and so there's not a whole lot of these things and i found it actually was easier to focus when i don't have all of these mm. other things in my life and it's just just do this mm. and it wasn't so bad and, and and i was happier i was more content mm. uh, than adding all that stuff and the stressors like aj said are super important that's how we're going to grow right yeah so if we have it too easy we're eventually going to somehow be unhappy it's funny but it's like we need a little bit of shaking us up in order for us to grow mm. and 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 if it's just a little bit too easy it's not actually good for us. Mm. It's, it's not a good thing. Yeah, dude. Walk me, walk me through like the the first couple of days. What was going on, and kind of like your the evolution of your thinking as well. Because because <laughs> yeah. day one you come in, you're like, damn, this yeah. is the ghetto. You lay down, and you're like, damn, this is uncomfortable. You're like, damn, yeah, this toilet sucks. You know what? What was? Yeah, day one you're like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> day, day two you're like, and, and you're also exhausted. You're super yeah. sleepy because you're getting up at four thirty in the morning. And you're meditating mm. all day. And so by the end of it, I was pass you're passing out. And you're like, there's no coffee. There's no kratom. There's no matcha. There's nothing. You're just... you mm. just There's no nicotine gum. No. You want some of that, by the way? AJ left that there. Fuck yeah. Thank, thanks, AJ. <laughs> thanks, AJ. <laughs> I actually... You want to go have these? <laughs> it's a little too... Oh, you're going to... I'll do one. You want, you want one? No. I'll take, I'll take the other half. No, it's okay, bro. This okay. is the nicotine gum. sponsor Gum. Damn. Um, I'm gonna start tweaking out. I love these. No, really? I, actually, it's funny that AJ left this because AJ got me on these. Yeah, and I like love them now. Can you get addicted to these nicotine gum? Oh, probably because so I had I had exactly about that much, like a full strip of them in the vipassana. So, <laughs> so okay, this is to to go on that last. Yeah, day. How much stuff did you snuggle like smuggle into so, this vipassana, dude? You got so, like your yeah, own little day one. You're like fuck. Day two, you're like, what's in my bag that I can play with? And you just start <laughs> looking through your shit, and you're like. Okay, I have this thing. You're like, this is I found a, a full nicotine back of gum. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> I have a thing. <laughs> like, ooh. And it's like something that you could like, like mm. it's like drugs. Like it's like your one thing, right? Mm. So I started experimenting with it. And it was like, I'd have like a nicotine gum. This is totally against the rules, by the way. Like you should, <laughs> you should not be doing this. Like you should, Dave would be pissed at me. I told him after. And, um, and so it was like, I started taking the nicotine gum in the morning meditations because I was super sleepy mm. or the afternoon after lunch ones, like around two o'clock, I'd be sleepy again. And I'd just be like sitting there and I'm like, <laughs> so focused <laughs> and I had really good meditations on nicotine gum, yeah. not advised against the rules. You guys mm. shouldn't be doing this, but it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. Mm. It was, it was so much more fun because <laughs> like, mm. you're so sensitive, like, right. So you don't have like anything really else mm. and there's no external stimuli taking your attention and energy away. You're not scrolling through Instagram, looking at Russian babes mm. like you do a lot, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this actually really helps. Um, so day two, you're kind of getting used to it. And you get used to your conditions a little bit more. You've accepted your reality. And once mm. you can accept things for what they are, you have choices and power now. So that's a huge thing that transfers in all of life. Once you accept what's happening, you can act. So, okay, now day two, I've, I've accepted it. Uh, I can start trying to drop into practice. Day three, things start coming up. Mm. And you start realizing you're like, I'm kind of an asshole. 
And it just comes, starts coming up. It's, you, see, you see your own shit. You're mm. like, oh, wow. All the things that um, I thought I was being a good guy in, you're starting to see the deeper root cause of them. You're starting to see your ego come up. You're starting to see why you do things. You're starting to see that you're not always the good guy. Mm. And so for me personally, that's what comes up. So I went through a dark, deep, dark anger and sadness on day three, four. And yeah, about three, four, I was like, I was angry. I was just angry. Sitting there meditating, I was just angry. I was angry at Dave. He was like way at the front. I was angry. Mm. I was angry at everybody close to me in my life. What? And it was really strange. Yeah, really strange. For no reason or for a reason? It was maybe like I was, what was coming up for me was like times they were harsh to me or times they didn't mm. agree with me. What it really was, it was times that they weren't supporting the idea I have of myself. My ego was being um, threatened. And all the closest people to me tell me how it is. Like, they, they, they don't just, like, uh, brush my ego. They usually, um, thank God, they're so, that's why they're so close to me, is they'll, mm. they'll tell me if I'm out of, out of alignment or anything like that. So I started, like, oh, like, my ego was being attacked, and that was coming up. So I was fucking pissed, like, day three or four. And I wrote about it, too. I was, I just couldn't, I was coursing with anger. And it was a lot of anger that I hadn't quite expressed or processed. Mm. So I could feel it right in my throat. And so I haven't been communicating the anger and I'll sit in there just oh, like angry. And then it burned through on day five. And I just saw that <sighs> relieved a lot of pressure. And once I got past the anger, it was clarity and I was able to be happy again. And I started feeling joy. I started feeling deeper states of meditation. And so that, that was beautiful. Unfortunately, I had a cough like six out of the 10 days. I was sick from like, I guess the room was a little moldy. And so it was hard to drop in deeper layers of meditation because I was sick like more than half the time at the meditation center. And that really sucked. I was, I was mm. pretty pissed about it. But usually day six, seven, eight, it's, they get better and better and better. And then by day nine, you're like floating. And it's like, it's a powerful experience to go there and just connect to yourself. Mm. Mm -hmm. Isn't that nuts? Like the resentment you feel to the people you're close to that you're not even aware of, yeah. but then you could... You almost turn into like little passive aggressive behavior that you're not even aware of had you've not taken the time to process that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like your ego takes little knocks and then sometimes it's not, maybe it's not an appropriate way to communicate that sometimes. So you just kind of harbor it mm. and you're like, no, no, it's okay. But then really it's, it's stored. It's the things that you don't communicate or deal with their process get stored in your body. Mm. And if you're not able to deal with those, they manifest later on. And they manifest in ways that, like, sometimes are irrational. Mm. So sometimes you'll be snappy at somebody and you'll be, you don't even really know why you did that. Mm. And it's because they disagreed with you, like, three months ago. Dude, you're putting, like, a like a really, like, I'm getting goosebumps and shivers as you're talking about this. Because you're, you're putting up, like, a really interesting mirror for me right now. Uh, because it's interesting how we first talked about how... Or maybe it's just a freaking nicotine gum. <laughs> I'm, like, oh, you're, I'm you're, you're making me tingle all over my body. <laughs> no, but uh, ultimately it's like interesting because I think we would have like a very similar, uh, how do you call it? Archetype? 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 Ar archetype? Yeah, mm -hmm. whatever. Archetype, right? So a lot of the things that how we perceive the world and how the world perceives us is probably very, very similar. And it's so insane how you're saying that because, for example, like when I'm working with a team or, or, or businesses, not people that you know you could tell what to do because they're your partners, right? Not like some virtual assistant that you have in the Philippines, but people that has like an invested interest in being harsh to you mm -hmm. because when you grow, they'll grow financially, like spiritually, emotionally, all that stuff, right? It's so interesting 
when you're in that position, especially when, you know, I feel like since we had similar childhoods, we had to kind of like create this ego to protect, you know, that little inner child. So most of the times, you know, it, it has gotten us this far. But then when people that are actually close enough to tell you that they don't actually care about like the front that sometimes we put on, the mask that we sometimes wear to kind of protect that inner child, it kind of like hurts the ego a little bit, you know, when, when they are able to be upfront with you and be like, dude, this you're, you're fucking up right here. When, when in like my mind and probably in your mind, you're, you're like this freaking amazing, like hero, like person in your hero journey. Everything's good. Everything's kind of like created for you, right. Or for the ego. And then your friends like, dude, you're fucking up. Yeah. Right. And it's like so weird because when I have access to my phone, when I have access to immediate instant communication with them and I get this like reaction, part of me, in that moment just wants to like lash out at them, which would then just create a self-fulfilling prophecy and then actually allow them to treat me the way that I'm very afraid of being treated by, right? Like creating that self-fulfilling prophecy. And dude, I remember I, I could literally see the the place where the self-sabotage could have happened had I just not turned off my phone and not like immediately react and just like look at the ocean for like two hours, mm -hmm. just almost like a mini Vipassana. And I felt like a, a, the same thing. It was like anxiety, anger. I'm like, why is this? I'm like, 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 like thinking about things of, are they doing like any work? Am I working the hardest right now? Are they like taking advantage of my hard work? And dude, I can only imagine for you because you guys have like four or six partners, right? And then the anger just started building up. And I know that if I would have had that communication with them while I was like in this like lower vibration, this reactive point, you know, it would have just dissolved something that could have been beautiful. It could have just dissolved something that could have been amazing. But I literally felt it go up, go up to the point where I'm like, okay, I need to grab my phone. I need to tell them. And then it just, it was weird, dude. It hit like a point and then it just started going down. And for some reason I just started just like relaxing into it. And then what was left was just nothing but pure love and gratitude for these people. Exactly. Yeah. Once you get past your own egoic perceptions being attacked, behind that is vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And vulnerability bridges connection. So it's always a better place to go. I get triggered all the time exactly in that same way. Mm -hmm. The idea that we built up of ourselves got us here. Mm -hmm. But that's not actually an accurate rep representation of reality. Mm -hmm. And what's accurate is who we really are. And all my business partners say and love me for when I'm humble and vulnerable. They say that's the strongest side of you. Dave said I'm the most handsome when I'm humble. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, thanks. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he uh, says it in like a, like a Jason Statham kind of way. So it's, it's not even, yeah. it's like the most manliest compliment you get too. It's usually a backhanded compliment. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, wait. Am I ugly now or what the <laughs> fuck are you saying, bro? Yeah. But no, um, I go through this a lot, this exact subject. And um, I've now tried to, and I'm also like a fiery Aries that I act quickly. And yeah. um, the word that I learned was impetuous. It's a dope word. And it's like acting hastily. Yeah, I'm, that's an, me. I'm an impetuous character. So I'll be oft, often get a message and I'll be like, <laughs> <laughs> Just you check if they read it. You're like, this fucker didn't. He yeah, read it, didn't even respond. Doesn't yeah. respect my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go yeah. in on it because of, and I, it's, it's a blame conditioning from the drug game of yeah. like, if someone disrespected me, act now. It was just like, mm. I'm not going to let this stand. I'm, I'm going to fucking and just yeah. go. And it's like, that is not actually healthy. It's not actually going to bridge connection. It's not actually going to get you the results that you want in conscious business or the world of today. Mm. It's just, it's, it's not healthy. What you need to be doing today is I got to take 
mindful breathing. <laughs> and I saw, I'll get, a, I'll get a message like that. And what I need to do that I don't always do, but I need to do is take some deep breaths. Don't answer that right away. Go look at the ocean. Go look at a tree. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just stare at a tree. Live in the ghetto. Yeah. <laughs> go live in the ghetto for a little bit. But yeah, for real, it's just take some time. And then, mm. then you can actually come at it in a place from compassion and love rather than a place of mm. having your ego challenged. Because no one's their strongest when they're answering from an egoic uh, defensive position. Mm. That's not the real you. That's you being hurt because you think you're not being perceived as you want to be perceived, mm. which isn't reality. That's not an accurate representation of what's actually happening and seeing things clearly. It's more like I feel threatened because they might think I'm not Superman. You know, I'm, I, I think I'm the shit. Mm-hmm. How come they're not thinking I'm the shit right now? Because that's not accurate. What's really happening here? So whenever that, that shit happens, I have to like take, take a bit of time and then respond and not react because there's a difference between responding and reacting. Those are different things, right? Reactions and responses. One is conscious and takes takes actual mindfulness. The other one is, fuck you, <laughs> you know, or like you know, fl- flailing back mm. out, right? And that's been one of the toughest things working in a team. Mm-hmm. If you want to work with other people, you got to respond. You can't react. Mm. You got to take some time. It's, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I even think Instagram makes it worse. Or instant messaging, instant gratification, and Instagram is like just an egoic circus of all of us putting mm. what we, how we want to be perceived out, you know, mm. out there. It's the best photos of us. It's the most, look how fucking spiritual I look. Dude, you print. look good, bro. Uh, I'm, like, I'm like, damn, uh, is spir- he about to drop a mixtape or <laughs> what? Like change some I'm girl's getting, life. I'm getting fucking blessed. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, in his life, he's just constantly just, look at that. None of these are posts. None t- of these are posts. I'm tough. I'm tough as fuck. Look at this, look at dude. Me. I'm spiritual. Look at the perception I want to be perceived as is, is that, right? Dude, yeah. I literally had to get out of Instagram. I haven't been on Instagram in like the past two, three-ish weeks. Mm-hmm. Russians are managing it right now. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, what I, what I found is the moment I look at my Instagram, it trains this muscle in my brain for needing to seek more validation yeah. from people. Yeah. You know, and like, I, I feel like I'm very well like you were, where I'm angered and then I want to like respond. But ultimately for me, I don't know what it is for you, but it, it's some part of me that just needs validation that I'm right. Yeah. You know, and the more I'm like on Instagram and the more I look at people like watching and like the likes and the comments and even just like, like communication, like WhatsApp, Slack, Messenger. If I don't see me and my like words and my messages being validated, then I freaking want to like, like hurt someone, you know, a hundred percent. And I go through the exact same thing. And I saw in some um, mindfulness thing that I read and it was like, every time you're triggered or angry in a interpersonal conflict, stop and ask yourself, are you taking yourself too seriously? Mm. And I was like, what? <laughs> I saw, thought about it for a second and I'm like, I'm taking myself pretty fucking seriously right now. Like, which is weird because we're the most <laughs> playful motherfuckers out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then it's like, how dare you disrespect me? <laughs> I'm the most playful motherfucker what? ever. <laughs> I'm more playful than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, how dare you challenge me? You know, it's like that, that brushes up our ego mm-hmm. and it brushes up the uh, the perception of ourselves. So it's like, if mm. you're attacking the perception I've made of myself, that hurts. Mm. Dave does it to me all the time. Dave's like straight truth. He's just He just knows how to like, get get me to the core and so dave's my best friend he's my business partner we're growing you know exponentially together and he's the one person who triggers me probably the most yeah and i love him for it because he's actually like just making me grow pressing my ego if people uh disagree with you and they challenge your perception of yourself keep them close mm. those are good people to have in your life 
you know, they do it with love, not just assholes. They actually do it with love, right? And that's like quality you need around you because if everyone's a yes man to you and just be like, Mike, you're the shit, you're the best, you're this, you're that, you're that, and you're just like, oh, great, yeah. Mm. It's like no one's going to tell you how to grow. Dude, that's why I love my team because like, for example, she'll just yell at me. She's like, Mike, what are you doing? <laughs> you're not being man right now. You have to work. You, you need to, you don't provide for team. What, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then I'm like... <laughs> okay so like i'm like held accountable by all these yeah. people that are not afraid to call me out on my shit mm -hmm. instead of back in the day when i was just like walking through life being like mike you're awesome yeah. and i'm like yeah yeah and then like it builds it up but then because i didn't have those like mini altercations with like the people that i'm close to me it literally gets to the point where um i think this is where that guy who, who's that guy that does this dance carlton banks carlton, yeah <laughs> where he's just like up in the world and then when that one thing hits you're your entire thing, your foundation that you built your identity on is yeah. just ruined and you go down this crazy downward spiral. Totally. Because if you think about it, if you're never getting the stressors, yeah. the little Russian stressors. Oh, <laughs> 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 I need, bro. I'm going to take that. <laughs> if you're not getting the little stressors, um, the, the waves are like that. Yeah. But if you're constantly getting little waves from your team, like good stressors, then your waves aren't going to be huge. You can handle you can handle things. So it's just a little bit. Mm. But if you're always thinking you're the shit, and then somebody tells you not really, you're like, <laughs> and that's this is this is my biggest lesson, right? Mm. So I wrote a post about that Vipassana Center, and the word I learned was hermesis. It's from the uh, book Anti Fragility by Nassim Taleb. Mm. Dave got me to read that one, and it's like small amounts of stressors are super important for us. So living in that ghetto Vipassana Center was super important for me, so I could have a little bit of uh, emotional bandwidth to take on things. So now I know if I if there's a zombie apocalypse and I got to live in a closet, I can handle the closet. It's, mm -hmm. it's okay. Um, and if someone tells me, like Dave or people close to me, like, hey, you got to smarten up in here, here, and here, it doesn't hurt as much as when I think I'm a, a big freaking deal and someone tells me I'm not. It's just going to be da, da, da. So it's like so important to have many stressors in your life, right? That's why I think Vipassana is such a good, um, such a good thing to go to because that is a test. That's a stressor on your mindset. Mm. And that's going to make you grow in the end of it. So putting yourself under stress, small amounts of controlled stress is like, that's growth. Mm. People think that, you know, stress, oh, I can't be, I can't be stressed. Mm. Man, stress is a part of life. You're always going to be, there's stress. You can't avoid that. You can only avoid how you respond. That was a very artistic way how you said that. Thank you. Like, damn, he's a freaking poet, dude. <laughs> he's a freaking go to this Vipassana. And he comes in like, <laughs> looking like he's like dropping mixtape albums. He actually is now dropping. I should have been a rapper. Yeah. <laughs> you look like it. <laughs> I'm like, damn, this guy's savage. But uh, what was the, what was the biggest then, like if you were going to summarize like three biggest lessons that you took away from that? Oh man, um, one was expectations. Expectations breed discontent. That's like a word from quoting the Buddha, best rapper of all time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that, that was huge. So I had expectations going in and just go, go through everything openly. So I went in with expectations and I got sick mm. and, and I needed to just chill. But I went in and I was like, I'm going to super meditate. <laughs> I was sick half the time, right? Mm. Um, and so I needed to control and manage my expectations. And that was one of the biggest ones because now I'm just a little bit more easygoing, a bit chill coming out of that one because mm. I got slapped around by uh, my own expectations. Yeah. Um, the second one was that stressors are important. So going through those little stressors are actually going to help you grow. So if I'm not actually going through some shit and it's just cruisy, um, I'm setting myself up for a bigger disappointment later. Mm. But these little minor bumps in the road are positives. 
mm-hmm. start looking for them, looking at them as positives. So that was a big one for me. Um, third, I was <laughs> the third was I was gonna try to uh, stop ejaculating. <laughs> yes, dude. Yes. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> I, I was reading a book um, by Montak Chia, and yeah. it was like cultivating male sexuality, mm-hmm. and it was just how important keeping your sperm is. And I was like, okay, in Vipassana, you're not allowed to masturbate. It's one of the rules. You're, you promise Goinka, you're not gonna jerk off in there, and I, I kept that promise. Do people do, you think? <laughs> yeah. Sleeping like in the slums, like, fuck it. I don't know. Yeah, 10 hours a day. Like, <laughs> you already know the ones that are like slumped over just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, no. In Vipassana number two for me, I had a weak point on day four. <laughs> <laughs> well, were you the one that says like after day five, you just have like a nonstop boner? On my fr- in my first Vipassana, I was horny the entire time. Like mm. uh, it was crazy because it's like your ego puts up all the things that you're going to crave, right? It's a lot about cravings and aversions. Mm. So things that you're averse to that you don't want and then things, cravings that you want. That's mm. what all life really is, is things you want and things you don't want. We're, mm. That's our human beings. We, we want food. We don't want to get mauled by a tiger in, in the you know in rough form. Mm. So it's like that comes up for you is sex because your ego just wants. That's a big deal for us. And so a lot of people get super horny in Vipassana's. Like it's, it's not really avoidable for most people. It'll come up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so you have to manage that because you'll remember every person you've ever had sex with, or you'll, you'll fantasize about every person you want to have sex with. And that'll come up. And it's just like a, your ego playing a trick on you and you need to get through that. Mm. And so it's not like go masturbate in your room. It's just observe and not react. And that's the point of Vipassana. That's mostly the, the basis of Vipassana is uh, equanimity is just letting things arise and pass away and not acting on it. Mm. Just watching. And there's so much power in that simple action. Mm. So I remember on day four, Vipassana number two, uh, I, I like, I, I broke it. I just went for it. And I felt so shitty after. You felt so shitty. Like yes. within like, you're like, you're, you're like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> no. It was like, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. no. And then like, what am I going to do with this mess? What am I going to do with this mess? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But when I got out of this one, Nepal, Vipassana number five, I was charged. And I had so much clarity. It was good. It was just like a, you have clarity after that, mm. and how much it takes to keep that clarity, and how much mm. we expel from pointless instant gratification, mm. and how empty that instant gratification actually is. Mm. So the really dope thing about that Montak Chia book was we should not be having sex without love. And I was like, what? Mm. So not anger? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking resentment. No, no more confusion, sex. Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> No. Can, I, uh, can I ask you? Did they teach you how you need to meditate? Right? Did they teach you? Yeah, or absolutely. So in the Vipassana meditation retreat, there's a technique given to you. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can show up not knowing anything about like meditation. If I didn't do didn't do this no one time, I would recommend that. Mm-hmm. I'd recommend going in with a zero other practice because mm-hmm. then you'll learn the technique in its purest form without any other ideas. It's kind of like going to a yoga class and you're like, I already practiced yoga before though. But it's like, this is a different style of yoga, but you're bringing in your Mm -hmm. expectations from a different class. And that's going to then frame what this class looks like to you. And you're not going to do the class right. Because you're like, yeah, but the other one was like this. Mm -hmm. So it's actually better to come in to learn something fresh with a beginner's mind. That's a huge part of um, a stage that they want in Buddhist practices is to have a beginner's mind. It's powerful to have a beginner's mind because then you're open to learn more. Mm. And everybody sit together, right? Like in the same room. Oh, man, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> how many people it was there was about a hundred i'd say oh. um, maybe something like maybe maybe about 40 guys and 40 women and this one indian uncle what? 
smelled bad. No, no, he he would make, <laughs> he would make an entrance. Um, he would burp really loud often, <laughs> and this guy was sitting directly across from me when we would eat. And so, so you just go in your face. You know, and like in, Indian uncles are the worst because um, they they don't mind staring isn't impolite in India, I guess. So they just. And so, and you're not supposed to look at each other. And so I'm sitting there eating and I'm feeling this uncle looking at me and he's just staring at all my tattoos and looking at me and I'm eating. I look up and I'm like, I get it. I know. I get it. I'm tat- I get it. I'm tattooed. I understand. You haven't seen anybody like me before in Nepal. He's an old Nepalese uncle. You know, he's Nepalese, but I call him Indian uncle in Nepal, India, pretty much the same thing. And he's, um, he's staring at me the whole time. He's just like eating, looking at me and I'm, I'm not supposed to look at him. So I'm just like, but I feel him looking at me. I'm just like, fuck. Did you feel anger? Oh yeah. Well, at that point, at the first day or two that this was happening, because ten days we sat across from mm-hmm. each other. Uh, the first day, you guys day have or, designated spots, or do um, you just want to sit in front of you? You, you got to sit at random spots and not with your people you know. So we mm-hmm. knew better because me and Dave can like non-locally communicate. If we're sitting across from each other, it's like we're talking. It's just like we can feel each other so strong. We need to avoid each other. Yeah. Every time we'd walk by each other, we'd be like, "What's up, bro? What's up, bro?" In our heads. <laughs> so we need, we need to. You need space from your people. Yeah. So I'm sitting across from this Indian uncle, and he's constantly looking me up and down and i'm just like okay day two day one or two i'm like compassion you know i get i understand but but then i realize it's him who burps so <laughs> you're in dead silence trying to meditate the entire room is silent. you could hear a pin drop because it's so silent in that room and this guy's just like <laughs> like that was that was me quieting it down because i was about 50 meters away from him Aww. on the other we we're in the exact opposite side of the men's side and i could hear it clearly and i'd just be like like, like every time it would just like it would fuck my meditation up and everyone around me started getting annoyed of it. It became one of the running jokes. You're not supposed to communicate, but he would burp and like six or seven people would be like, like you would hear it in the room. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you would hear like, everyone's reaction. And this guy just, he did not care. It's not, I guess it's not rude. In, it's like normal. Yeah. In Asian culture, you yeah, burp, yeah. you're like satisfied. You know, you don't mm-hmm. suppress your burps, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. So this guy had like indigestion. So by day four, I started understanding his digestive patterns. So I'm like, you're eating too much. Like, <laughs> I, I look at his plate. I'm like, you're going to burp later. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> he, piled, he piled on so much food and food's one of the cravings. It's like, and it's the one thing you have access to. So you have access to all the like the food. You're not supposed to overeat. It's going to mess up your meditation. You're going to be digesting instead of being light and able to, to meditate mm-hmm. better. So this guy would pile up his food and I'd just be like, like I'd, I'd be judging him on his food. And so then day six, I'd like, I know, I know, like if you just ate a little bit less, he probably wouldn't burp so much, but I'm just eating my food. And then he'd walk into the hall and just bleh, like Aww. as he'd walk in and just like this proud entrance. And I was just like, I'll murder you. <laughs> Do you think it will be a bad idea to go to Vipassana with like your boyfriend, for example, like couple? Um, a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. And like Mikkel, one of our creative directors of Yogi Lab came with his girlfriend and it was her first time also. Mm-hmm. And we had a bet going if they were gonna like sneak out and have sex or something like, <laughs> which I probably would have done if like my girlfriend came. <laughs> it's like, well, give it a shot, right? But, um, and they didn't, I was proud of them. Mm-hmm. The only people having sex and eating all they wanted in the Vipassana center were the monkeys running around. There was these monkeys, a family of monkeys mm. that were just right. They were so entertaining and they were just like eating all they wanted and having wild sex in front of us all the you're time. Like, just reminding you, <laughs> yeah. your primitive urges. Yeah, yeah. That this you <laughs> they're, they're like having sex and they're looking at you like. No, they were though. It's hilarious. Like, the, like the Indian <laughs> uncle. He's just Eye like, yeah. contact. <laughs> Everyone's just I'd walk by it. and these monkeys and it was weird because they would have sex. Um, they would get up on top of the, it was usually from behind and, it, <laughs> and they'd, they'd go like about four pumps and then stop. 
And they'd, just, <laughs> they'd sit together and then they'd be like, wait a few minutes. And then it'd be like four pumps and then stop. Mm. But then if you get too close and they're in mid pump, they'd look right at you. And he's like staring at you while he's, mm. while he's pumping. And you're like, is it like I'm involved or what's happening? Mm. <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> you know? Maybe and they're practicing like semen retention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, edgy, he's, edgy, he's, edgy, he's edging. <laughs> yeah, he's edging. <laughs> yeah. It was hilarious. Those monkeys. Right. So that comes up a lot, sex and food, sex and food. Mm -hmm. And so you need to control those urges because there's power behind that. Controlling those There's a lot of people fasting, you know, semen retention, mm. practicing Tantra. These are like ancient techniques of controlling our primal urges. It's so hard. <laughs> for, mm. like it's, it's one of the most powerful things to actually master. And so that was my third biggest takeaway was I need to actually really be um, controlling food and sex because those are like the, our biggest urges, right? Mm -hmm. When I got back from Vipassana, I was stressed, I was still sick, and I had a, a bunch of headaches at work kind of waiting for me. And so I had the cool for that, but when I got back, I realized how much more I was craving chocolate and sex. Like mm. Those two things, it was like wired of my go-tos of how to like manage the stress are those two things. And I was like, wow, it's powerful, needing to actually focus on those. Mm. That, in, that Indian uncle, man. By the end of the day, he was just like, he was just happy and jolly. And uh, on day 10, like I developed a good amount of like just hatred for him by like <laughs> day seven and, and eight. I was just like, this guy's ruining my Vipassana. Like how mm. dare, how dare he? And then one of the things that they, they tell you is you need to practice tolerance. So that's one of the, they call them palmies. And it's, um, it's a word for the lessons or, or one of the precepts or I forgot the exact thing, but this is what you need to observe. This is what you need to actually work on. And that's mm. tolerance. So instead of being like, fuck that guy, he's, he's ruining my meditation. It's more like meditate through that and send him compassion. Be tolerant mm. of him burping. Poor guy, you know, he has indigestion. Be tolerant. And then after by day eight, no, but after I kind of meditated on that, I saw him and I was able to actually look into his eyes and I saw a sweet old man. And I was like, man, this guy's like my grandpa. Mm. It, it, he, he's a sweet, loving, kind person coming here to work on himself. He's not some guy coming here to fuck my meditation up. He's trying to work on himself and he has his own story. Mm. He has his own history. He's a person. Love him instead of hating on him. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. He's like, Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just as I had that, he's like, Bleh. <laughs> You should have burnt back. <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually, I started uh, on day 10 because we, we were allowed to speak again and all of us talked about that. We're like, this guy. <laughs> all of us were triggered by it because mm. we went with the whole Yogi Lab crew. We're like, what's up with this guy, right? Mm. And so then by like day 10, we're all kind of laughing about it. He'd burp, mm. we'd all kind of chuckle a little bit in the hall. It was funny. How, how beautiful is that though? Because, because it, it, it goes to like, you could have had a really nice, like first class of a pasta center and then you had a ghetto, right? So that was like the external environment, but then there's also the internal environment, right? Mm -hmm. You could go up there on a hill and meditate and be the zenest person in the world. And you go back into the world, but you can't take that practice with you. And the moment, you know, something triggers you like, uh, like this person, it's a burping, but it could be your intimate relationship. It could be your business partners. You can't always run away to your mountain, you know? You yeah. have to like learn how to, deal with it in the chaos like to be able to meditate like in the middle of old man's here's the thing is you need to be able to take your practice with you yeah that's the point of the practice it's not just only to be able to meditate in a center on a hill mm. in a cave it's actually the real practice is meditating at old man's uh, the, you know the bar down the street it's mm. like we need to be able to that's when it counts mm. so that's when i've been really seeing okay I need to practice mindfulness in my life, mm. especially as someone who I battle depression, I battle anxiety. This is something I've been dealing with since I was a teenager. 
And it's like, I, I actually, I get it. I'm prone to being sad. And mm -hmm. I understand that's my go-to. I'm not a snap temper, angry guy like I used to be. Behind that is just dealing with sadness. And mm -hmm. that's when I need my practice. So not having mindfulness and meditation and being somebody who deals with depression is kind of like trying to cook a, a, a steak and you don't have a knife, eat a steak and you don't have a knife. Mm. But how are you going to even manage? You need tools. You're mm. going to go out into the rain. You need an umbrella. It's like, mm. well, you're going to deal with anger and sadness in life. You need mindfulness. Mm. It's just a non-negotiable tool you need in your life. You know? Mm. Yeah. Cause I even find that as I meditate in the morning, if I do the same meditation, for example, I just wake up and like observe my thoughts for 20 minutes after maybe 15 or 30 days, I find that I'm just like sitting there and it's not as like strong or potent. You know, so then I'll have to like increase it a stress. I'll either do it in a like a steaming sauna or like in five degrees Celsius ice bath and then to really just like relax. But that's kinda like what this guy was in your case. It was it was like adding a little piece of weight <laughs> to the meditative muscle, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. All of these little stressors that we have in our lives are mm. like opportunities to get past that one thing that we can unlock and get past now. Mm. So now when I'm in those cases, I can deal with it a little bit better, you know? Mm. I used to be this guy that you couldn't click your pen or, pe or tap your pencil around me. It pissed mm. me off. Like that was like, that. my, my bandwidth was so mm. short for those. I was super uh, intolerant. Mm. And I still am a little bit. But um, I've had 11 concussions. I had a lot of brain mm. injuries from kickboxing, ice hockey, car accidents growing up. Mm. And so I would feel the noises. And this is why I needed meditation and mindfulness because mm. if you were just sitting there and you're like, that guy? I will kill. I, I, I will kill. <laughs> I will kill. I will kill. <laughs> Keep the Indian uncle away from this woman, man. <laughs> Russian assassin. Yeah, yeah. No weapons. Like, fifth day, you don't hear anything. Yeah, yeah, you no yeah. longer yeah. see anything. And then you see just Anastasia just... I killed. <laughs> just, like, happy in the corner. Yeah, just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to be careful. <laughs> I want to know, like... that. That's everyone's perception of this man, but I wonder what this guy's perception was of everyone, you know? Yeah. Like how beautiful would it be? Like, cause he's probably thinking he's like, cause you said he was just the jolliest man. He like, was happy looking. So what was his, like, what do you think his experience was of the entire thing? I think a lot of those guys were, cause it was their, it was his first time he was a new student. And mm -hmm. uh, I think a lot of them were like, you know, triggered and, and shocked at like the, the rules. So you can't eat as much as you normally do, mm. a lot of these stuff. So he was a little bit like, oh, coming up against uh, his own personal complexes. So it's like he looked pretty happy for what he had to deal with. And you f sometimes forget what other people are going through. Mm. And that's what I did when I was like pissed that about at him. Mm. And you forget about like, hey, what about his story? What is he going through? You know, you, you forget his side of the story. So when you kind of put yourself in, you be tolerant and put yourself in his position, compassion mm. comes through and you're like, oh, man, yeah. Mm. it's hard to sit like that for so long he's he's had a body he's he's probably 60 he's had a body that he's had to live with that long sitting like that is probably more painful mm. than it is for me and mm. you forget about that you forget about him you just think about you dude i felt that when i was at a tantra retreat uh it was just me and a bunch of like women in their 50s mm -hmm. and i'm like what am i doing here man like i'm over here and then everyone's like running around naked and i'm like what the am i like signing up for there's like skin flying everywhere and then, <laughs> and then uh, dude it was weird dude because i'm like this 25 year old kid just like what am i doing on this mountain right now you know they had me eat vegetarian food um there was like no protein so i literally had to like eat 12 eggs a day and i remember there was this one exercise where we had to like partner with people and i'm like walking trying to find like the cute girl in the tantra thing like to partner and then this old woman just like pokes me in the back and just like she turned around and she's like smiling and she's like, you want to be a partner? And I'm like, 
I can't really reject her right now. And all the cute girls are taken. So I'll be, be like, yes, yeah, sure. And it was weird, man. I, I literally had to go up to her and like, they said, oh, it's optional. You could scissor too to like get a more intimate like experience. And we're, we're fully clothed at this point. So I'm like just pretending to just meditate <laughs> and like, like keeping my legs crossed. And she's like out already just trying to just like latch on to me and whatnot. And I'm like, I'm just like, like closing my eyes pretending I don't see it, but I fucking see it, man. Like she was just trying to slide in. But then I was just like, all right, fuck it. I'm on this mountain. Okay. So, so now like we're basically holding each other, tantra pose, like scissoring, holding each other. And like, I think, I feel like she was feeling the judgment that I was feeling, but then dude, I think realizing not my story, but her story and how her perception of me isn't like even feeling that judgment and seeing like, what is the pain that would happen for like a woman that led all the way up to like her fifties that she had to spend several thousands of dollars to then come to this tantra retreat to figure her life out. And dude, it was like, it was crazy. The moment I had that realization, I think my body kind of showed more openness and the moment it like released, dude, she just started like crying in my arms, dude. It was, it was the most like beautiful thing to not see this position from like, oh man, if my friends found out that I was scissoring this old woman and she kind of like smelled a little weird to then her perception of me and then seeing like, wow, this, this young guy is, is actually just like holding space for me to just really feel into this anxiety or sadness from her point. Fuck, dude, it was like one of the most beautiful experiences that I don't think I could ever have if I didn't actually do something like that. That's beautiful. The exact thing happened to me. I went to a, a Tantra uh, event. One of my friends is an amazing teacher, Shashi Saluna. Yeah. And, and she was having a women's Tantra teacher training. Wow. And the and culmination of that was to have like a, a, a 30 men come in. There's 30 women. And she framed it to me. She's like, Aaron, I'd love you to come to this retreat uh, to help the graduation where all everything they've learned, they're going to celebrate it by honoring the divine masculine. And men are going to come in and they're going to, we're going to have a, a practice together. And I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, Tantra, oh, girl. All right. <laughs> I got. I didn't partner with one um, woman that I found attractive, and uh, at the first, the first minute, my ego's coming in. It's like, what the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> everyone else is getting like the babes, and I'm getting like consistently <laughs> older women that I didn't find attractive. Once I got over that, I had such a better time because I started seeing each woman, each woman mm. for m more than just a sexual connection. It was actually like I had. Uh, uh, I think she was about 70 and I had a 70 year old woman mm. and it was the best experience because I saw her for what she was and her energy was so beautiful. And I saw her for the courage that she had to bring into the situation. And she came with like an open loving energy. And it was kind of like grandma energy. It was beautiful because we sat back to back and we're doing this energy channeling. And as soon as I opened up to like, who's this person? What's their story? They're like, a, rather than like my own wants and needs to have like the, the hot intimate connection the energy was so powerful. It was so beautiful to actually like let go of what you want in a situation and just be present to what's really there. And it doesn't have to always be the sexual connection. There's things deeper than that rather than just like a hot flirty thing. It's there's mm. more, there's more there. And I had an amazing experience through that and it changed my perception around the whole thing. Mm. And I think a lot of guys need to do that because how many guys then treat women they don't find attractive um, like ghosts, you know, and, and, and that's, 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 you're missing out on so much in life, just only looking for one thing. There's so many deeper, beautiful experiences, actually just loving people for what they are mm. and who they are rather than what you want. And that was dope. That mm. was a huge experience for me. I, I loved it. That was my biggest takeaway from that, that whole Tantra night mm. was love people for what they are, not what I want.
that was like powerful. I was a happier human being because how unhappy were we when we're like, I don't have the girl that I want. <laughs> I wanted, I wanted the babe. Yeah. It's like, you, that's tension. You're, you're not happy in the present moment. You're craving, uh, you have aversions, mm. but as soon as you're like, it is what it is. I'm going to show up with an open heart and love whatever you are for what you are. Dope. Mm. That's like power. How much power did that bring into then your, like the relationship then when you're with like your partner, because then you're essentially taking that lesson and then now bringing that lesson and experience and how you treated her to now someone, for example, that has only been ever like attracted men that maybe were only attracted by just like the physical appearance of things instead of never actually looking past to like the, the deeper level of that connection, you know? This is so much deeper experiences waiting for us, like so many deeper experiences. So, you know how we go into sex a lot uh, framed from, say, porn. Yeah. And it's like, I'm going to do this, 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 this. And it's like, like it's you're really um, goal oriented rather than I'm just going to be here and love what is and mm -hmm. connect. And it's a way better time. There's less pressure. And, and that pressure often fucks with our heads, fucks with other things, too. Mm -hmm. But if we can actually just go and be present for what is, that's what Tantra is, right? Mm -hmm. And you're actually just going to connect and love what is and not have to be rushing towards something. Mm. And it's made sexual practices so much better, so much deeper yeah, and less pressure. Cause then, then it takes the ego out there. It's not like when you're, when you're like sleeping with a girl and like she's like making all these crazy noises and then you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm the freaking shit. And then you're like, did you come? And she's like, no. Yeah. And you're like, ah, oh. <laughs> and you're like entire ego is just dead. And you're like, yeah. well, I don't know what to do now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but if it was a connective experience and you're just there mm. to connect as deep as possible, get to know someone as deep mm. as possible, rather than just you know bust a nut, it's so much so much deeper, mm. so much so much more f fulfilling. Yeah, it's so weird though because w the way we were always trained is goals, 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 and how we do anything is how we do everything. So we take this goal oriented thing, which essentially is this is what I want and this is the expectation that I want, and if I don't have that, then I'm unhappy. And we put it into all these aspects of our life. So now you're unhappy in all of these things because we set like these high expectations for what we actually want out of our lives because we know what we don't want. And now even though life like in this present moment is good, we tend to react in the future of not having that thing that we don't really even really need to be happy. And it then just creates that sabotage. Expectations breed discontent. Mm. That's just it's so simple. It's applicable to everything. So how do you, how do you then move forward in life while completely being fully detached to any outcome when that's the opposite of how everyone, every man for sure, especially a man that's an entrepreneur has ever been taught? I know. I know it's difficult, right? Because we're so go. How do we get anything unless we have drive? Yeah. But then things often don't go our way, right? So I kind of see it as... I got to know where I want to be going. So I'm, I'm going in that direction, but I'm okay with the way of getting there. Mm. And that's kind of how I'm trying to operate now. Mm. It's, it's hard though, dude. Su super hard, super hard. It's a, it's a good practice because then it's like you, you need goals in your life. You need to be going and getting things. You can't just be super airy-fairy. And if it's, if it's in alignment and it's yeah, in flow. It's I got like, my crystals and I got my crystalline grid and like that noise. <laughs> yeah, but you're broke. Yeah. <laughs> remember, remember we went over that it's yeah. like insufficient funds mm -hmm. but if you're able to continually go places and just be ch like unattached to those things things flow easier right mm. rather than forcing everything and then being pissed and and never happy in the present moment right mm. yeah again it came back to i need to practice mindfulness like it, it, i'm more than ever since i came back from vipassana and i was you know, i was depressed when i got back because i when you got back because I was really sick. I got, I got, I got quite sick when I got back and there's been some big issues with a couple of my businesses that I had to, 
deal with it. Let go, I had to let go of one of my best artists that so we were long-standing friends. We were, you know, a long time and it was a brotherhood that we did develop together, but I couldn't get through to him and his, uh, his personal problems. And those were affecting everybody else. And it broke my heart to have to like, let go of somebody that I developed such a close bond with that I couldn't get through to. It was just, it was um, not resolvable until maybe he hits a rock bottom and ha has the ability to change. Mm. That really hurt, you know? And, um, and I, and I got really sad from that. And I realized from that, I just went to my, back to my, um, my protocol. So if I'm unhappy and I'm really sad, I do the same thing every time. And that's, I simplify my life and I start going back to studying mindfulness and I'll go back and I'll listen to like Thich Nhat Hanh or I'll, I'll listen to Wayne Dyer or something that is going to get through to me that it's like, observe your breath. Don't be judgmental and just be with what is and lead that way through the heart. Cause if you go back to mindfulness, love and compassion is behind that. But when we're um, super attached to outcomes, our ego is running the show, right? It needs to be like this. But if we're just like, I'll be the best version of me showing up and it is what it is, so much happier. And I was able to get out of the depression. Mm. But I, I got really low. Like two weeks ago, I was really low. Even last week, I was really when low. We, when we saw each other last week? Or was um, that two yeah, weeks ago? around that time, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was really low. And I just needed to actually simplify my life and, and let go of some distractions and get back to what mm. I know makes me happy. And that's just being happy in the present moment. Mm. Just being thankful that I'm able to breathe, thankful I'm able to walk, thankful I'm able to wake up in Bali. Or, you know, if you're anywhere, just be thankful of the bare basic necessities mm. and not like businesses and people and attachments and ideas mm. and expectations and getting less likes and all this bullshit it's just like no that that adds to discontent mm. i mean it's hard it's hard it's crazy because I, I i saw you at your lowest and like i wouldn't even know you know yeah. so that, that just shows that like there's probably people that look like they're completely happy but they're like screaming for help a lot of people are bro and a lot of people what they put on on instagram is not how they're actually feeling right we put the best version of ourselves up there you know, the shot that we put up is the one that's the best angle. Mm. We look the most jacked. We look the best this, that's that. But really in real life, you don't know what's going on inside and in their heart. And so a lot of people are struggling with depression. A lot of people are struggling with that, but they're putting out the best version of themselves, the best show of them. And I personally, I know I'm one of them, that I need to make sure that I'm consistently working on myself and studying mindfulness and meditating and making sure I'm being good to the people around me because when I'm that low, that's when they show up. And so mm. I've been really grateful, like my, my team, those guys, they show up. And when any of us are going through something, you got people that love you and tell you how it is, but also with love. And I, I lean on them in those times. Mm. Super important. So weird, dude. I can't like just stress how like everything that you're saying is just like a mirror <laughs> to me. And I'm just like, fuck, dude, I'm, I'm, this is like healing, man. Like, <laughs> like, I feel like I went on this Vipassana and lived this ghetto too. <laughs> you're, in the, you're in my heart, bro, in the ghetto with me. <laughs> what else, what else was going on in this Vipassana? It was, um, it was funny because, okay, I had a huge um, expectation also of coming back and then like everything was going to be super romantic and amazing with my girl and coming back to that. Mm -hmm. And I wrote like such an amazing things out of that. And I realized again, when you put huge expectations on things, the reality doesn't live up to what you think. And so I put expectations on what I thought I was going to um, create when I got back. And then when you get back to reality, you remember, oh shit, people, like she's busy. She's, she's working full time and doing her thing too. So she doesn't have the same bandwidth that I've created in my mind. I've, we're going to do this when I get back. But really the reality is there's only like that available right now. And that was something I had to actually um, get aligned to where I, where I created expectations. I created a big, a big deal in my head and I forgot about the other person's experience and what they're dealing with too. So mm. that was like, a, that was a big deal for me too, to come back and get back to life and like what reality really is seeing things clearly. Mm. The whole point of Vipassana meditation is insight meditation, clear, seeing things clearly 
but instead of what we've built up in our head about what it's going to be, right? That was huge. That was like, a, oh, yeah, okay, shit. I better, I better smarten up and actually mm. be, be real. Dude, I'm like imagining, because the first time I heard about Vipassana was uh, I was in this Vegas boot camp for 30 days, just like going out there learning how to like talk to girls and stuff. And there's this one guy, his name was Sad. I was like, what? What's your name? He's like, oh, my name is Sad. I'm like, oh, that's, that's cool. And he, he was just telling me how he left a Vipassana. I didn't know what Vipassana was. He was like, yeah, I was just quiet for 10 days. And then he just decided to then live in Vegas for 30 days. So like that extreme opposite, you know, from like mm-hmm. no from from no stimulus to just no quietness to everyone like not talking to everyone just like more introspective to like the biggest place in the world where just egos flock and flourish <coughs> can you imagine what that must have been like for it for him man it's a shock that that must have been a sensory and stimulus overload yeah that, that sounds scary for me but it also could be an amazing tr- place to practice. Yeah. Again, stressors. So he's putting himself into some, like a big high stress environment. Mm. What an amazing choice. Uh, what an amazing opportunity to practice. Because it's literally like a, an environment of just belching uncles. You know? <laughs> just like, and then you go in the club and it's like, and everything's so aggressive. And you're just like out from your mountain and everything's like good. And the world is not, the external world doesn't match the internal like environment. Yeah, no. Totally. If you're able to regulate your internal environment uh, to then keep your center in those high stress environments, power is there. Mm. That's like a dope opportunity to practice, really. Mm. And that's been another one of the things I learned coming back from here is how important it is to cultivate the inner mountain. So it's like, oh damn, that's the inner mountain. Sounded profound as fuck. Oh, yeah, I dude. just made that up. Crop, copyright, copyright that. Copyright. Aaron Baya. Um, it was like, <laughs> ego. <laughs> Feed his ego. Validate him. Validate him. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was really that that cultivating that inner mountain was yeah. like, if I'm going to be out there in the high stress environments, can I still remain my inner peace? And again, it comes down to mindfulness, and there's simple techniques of just breathing mindfully. So coming into that is focusing on your breath. Before you answer the phone, focus on your breath. Before you go into a high-stress information, um, um, high situation, focus on your breath. While you're in that high-stress situation, focus on your breath. Mm-hmm. It's your anchor. It's your anchor point in all those types. When our ego gets attacked, when Dave's being an asshole to me, I definitely focus on my breath. Mm. That's right, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird because cause the, I feel like the more you dive into this world, Right, and the more you dive more into that, you realize almost that there's like two errands. Mm-hmm. There's like the errand that is like the Buddha, and then there's like the errand that wants to self sabotage that Buddha. That's exactly how all of us are. Why it's, do you think that is? Because there's our ego running the show, and then there's our true nature, and and those are different things, right? Those are our ego that wants to be the big shot, and then there's the true nature of us that just wants to be love, accepted, and connect with everyone. Mm. The big shot doesn't usually want to love and accept and connect with everyone. It wants to be glorified and. Mm. You know, it wants it wants the praise from everyone, and then there's the the real nature of us that just wants to connect because what's in me is also in with you, mm. and we're connected. Uh, we're the same thing. And Dude, do you think there's like any other animals that that have something like this? You know, like uh, or, or are we like the only things that actually feel like the, this this dichotomy or this duality between you know the primitive thing and then this thing that like observes it? We're probably the only things, right? That and sea platypus. 
Sea platypus. Super conscious beings. Really? Are you ser- are you serious? No, I'm fucking with you, bro. <laughs> I'm like, dude, what the hell? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't even know what a sea platypus is. Well, I think like, I made how, that up. How, how are we, like, I was, uh, I keep on bringing this up. Did you read Sapiens? Not yet, not yet. Dude, everyone's just been talking about something. Mm-hmm. Fuck, okay, I'll listen to the audiobook mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it's just, like, so weird how, like, within 30,000 years, we became the, the number one, like, species in the world mm-hmm. when we were just vultures just prior to and I think it's because of what you were talking about, that that other side that's not the primitive side. That like I don't know how that freaking came about. I'm pretty sure aliens came down and fucked a bunch of monkeys. You think so? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that's the only explanation I have is yeah. like super advanced aliens came down, boned a few monkeys, and then humans mm. came apart apart. But aside from that ridiculous point that could possibly be a reality, no one can prove it wrong, mm. um, was that like we were able to be conscious and then we were able to meditate and we were able to connect and we were able to then learn from that connection and mm. grow, right? So stressors, again, is like we were able to communicate and then have fights and then fight other tribes. Mm. But then we were able to connect with other tribes and then we were able to work together and then consciousness expanded and we grew and learned and evolved, right? Mm. Whereas seahorses don't really do that. It's like, when, when do they, I don't know if they do or not, but they didn't, they didn't get to, the, to have that type of connection and those mini stressors to evolve and evolve mm. up here, right? So that connection of being able to communicate more effectively then leads to deeper levels, right? Mm. Deeper levels of connection, deeper levels of conflict, and then learning from that conflict and then moving on. So, so what would you say like then the most valuable skill then for people to learn? Is it just communication? I'd say mindful, mindful communication. Mindful communication. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, I, I believe that that's what's helping me the most right now in my life mm. is mindful communication. And so then not just putting out what my ego wants, but also then dropping mm. into that other side of myself that is thinking about what you want. Mm. So if I'm able to come at it like, okay, what does Mike want out of this? And how can we bridge what both of we want and see you as a mm. human being rather than just an opponent or another person in the Aaron show? Because mm. when I think that way, it's actually isolating myself. And that's when... That ego version of me, I'm just isolated alone in that, that space rather than we're all here connecting. Mm. And that's that's what I'm trying to do now. That's like I'm trying to live that little mindful life of mm. like see other people's views and be there. It's not easy all the time. You know, that's hard. But mm. I'd say mind, mindful communication is probably the best thing that we can learn. It's weird because I, I feel like you're, you're also probably have a really competitive nature, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like really weird in a space where the only way you can succeed isn't actually through competition and it's only through collaboration. Huge, huge. Like Yogi Lab is all just, it can only happen because of collaboration. Yeah, yeah. If you want to go fast, you go by yourself. If you want to go far, you do it together. And that's like an old uh, adage, right? Mm. And I've been seeing that more and more now. And I came up as kind of like thinking I was this hot shot that grew by myself and coming from the dope game, you can't really trust anybody. and you work with crews and you're aligned with people but really you're you only have your own back and that's not really going far right and then you look at another dope game reference look at cartels they work together they got they got a crew and they work as a unit and it's like that in business as well and it's like yeah you need people and you need to work well with people Mm. and if you're just a hot shot asshole people aren't going to trust and love you and Mm. it's trust and love that gets you further than anything else right Mm. so that's when mindful communication comes in Mm. And we just need to love people and we need to trust people and we need to bridge that connection mm. rather than just barking orders at people because no one likes that. Dude, I definitely want to like switch gears now at that point because yeah. now that we brought up like Yogi Lab, the last time that I actually had a conversation with you, like a full conversation was when I went down to the the Marcel Hoff. Yeah, at the Astana. Yeah, yeah at the Astana. It was like freaking dope, man. It was, mm-hmm. it was cool because like we brought um, like our team at the time and that I was, was like cool. crazy. Like Dima was over there. He was like doing a little bit of a sack dancing. He was like, well, this is crazy. I love it. You know, we don't do this in Russia. This is a, nice. I was a train driver. This is crazy. <laughs> uh, 
But dude, it it like that was that was your first um like big time. Mm-hmm. That was like the first Yogi Labs big project, right? Yeah. What what I want to know from like a business point of view and like even just a managing point of view is like what are, what were like the biggest takeaways that you learned in those 30 days of actually running something where you're you're flying, you know, Wim Hof's brother over here and not just that, you're also cultivating and holding space for all of these entrepreneurs that have some type of expectation to better their lives and they go to this place and then now you literally have to kind of, you know, be like the ashram or this like Hold like space for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. what were like the biggest things you learned and what were like the biggest frustrations that came out of that? The biggest thing we learned was working as a team yeah. and to actually cultivate that and how the team worked together. So once we all actually started to gel and have assigned jobs and clearly knew what each of us did and then how we could help each other was like power. And mm-hmm. the biggest the frustration was when we were out of alignment from that. So if I was doing things on my own or anyone else wasn't working how the team needs to be working, uh, it was chaos. Much like um, Dave always references this, is the worst thing you can do to an, a pack animal is make them un- unsure of what they do in the pack. Make mm. them unsure of their status or how, they, how they're supposed to act. We need to know what our jobs are. And if we're supported and, and, and we're comfortable in that, then we can create and produce and, and be there. But as soon as we're kind of acting on our own and doing our own thing, um, it's not the same power uh, as a group. And that was something I really needed to learn because I was used to building things, doing things on my own. I was self-made. Mm. I did it all by myself. But then now getting into a group, I had to let go of that. And mm. I had to work more, and I'm still working on this, but work more as the team and mm. do things for the interest, in, interest of the team. Mm. And I realized I'm happier doing it like that. I'm happier working with people I love and I trust and mm. I want to grow with rather than being Mr. Hotshot by myself. It's not the same energy. Not at all. How many partners are in Yoga Lab? We got, we got five owners. We're five partners as a part of it. And then we just got a, a cruise growing. So we got some awesome interns in that are helping out tons. Yeah. And we got a, a content production team. There's six of us, sorry. One of one of the guys that came in initially as an intern, Thomas, loved it so much. He put some of his savings to buy shares in the company, mm. which you're like, dude, that, that, that was huge. You know, huge. For someone that, young dude starting out, you know, didn't have a ton of cash to put some of the money that he saved up just to buy 2% of the company, um, was like, I love this guy. Like, yeah. I, just to see that he he is like, I want to be, I, I believe in this project and I want to be invested and, 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 mm. and be a part owner of it and not just an employee. Mm. I was like, yo, that's stripes. Like, mm. I, I really, really believed in that to see that when people come together and put their heart into things, mm. the possibilities of greatness are there. How do you how do you divide responsibilities between five owners? Because it's hard enough with two people. No, absolutely. What we did, so we had a lot of these awesome little like uh, powwows where we got to see what each of our strengths and weaknesses are, and we we're pretty damn honest in those. So a lot of them, my weaknesses are are vast, <laughs> yeah. but, and my and everybody has what they're good at and what they're not good at, and we had to clearly identify those. And so mine was connections, communication, and I love to connect to people. I love to make friends. And so that's just my job. That's what I do. And Sash and Brian and, and Dave, they all have their areas of what they do. So as soon as we get clear on who does what in the pack and what you're good at, what you're not good at, what you just won't do because it's like you're not passionate about, we put you in the position of where you're able to succeed. And having that clearly clearly defined makes things so much easier and more successful. So once I know what I do, mm. I can crush it. But if mm. I'm supposed to kind of vaguely do some stuff, I'm not really going to do much. Mm. You know, it was important. Because I feel like there's uh, this, that, that pack analogy that you said was like really good. Because if, if 
like a wolf in a pack doesn't know where its place is. It'll either get ousted from the pack exactly. or they'll just kill it because it's just like a waste of space and they're eating like the food of like the other pack, you know? Totally. You got to know if that wolf is supposed to be, okay, you're supposed to be on the left side when we're chasing an elk and you need to be on that left side and you need to provide distraction. So you, that's your job. And if mm -hmm. the wolf doesn't really know that's its job, it's going to be fucking around the right side and then the elk's going to get away. Yeah. Well, I need to be doing what I do to help the pack. And that's so important for us to know what our strengths and weaknesses are. And that's clearly communicated to the team mm -hmm. and they support you in your strengths. And then people that are good at your weaknesses take that job. Mm. And that's what we've been doing. You need to be able to do things you don't like. That's mm. part of any business, but you need to play to your strengths. Mm. And it's, it's important to find out what your strengths are. Did you, uh, did you get change like the format of everything too? Cause you, you did 30 days. People were coming in and coming out. Like this uh, next retreat that you guys were AJ's, doing with yeah. AJ is like different. Yeah. I, think, I, I think it's like a really dope format where you guys are doing, Stoked. you know, yeah. like six, seven days. And then it's like more, okay, the crew kind of like stays together yeah. instead of energies. Even though like I went multiple times and every single night when we're just like, like at the edge of this freaking cliff that literally looks like paradise on earth, the, the, the vibe of people for some reason, it's so weird. You never actually get this in events when people come in and out, but it was almost like you had the same types of people around. Um, that really made the experience just amazing. Excuse me. That first uh, retreat was a huge learning experience. Yeah. And there was so much stress in and out of that month. And we learned 30 days was a lot to, yeah. to, to hold for a, a large event. And we wouldn't do that again mm -hmm. to have that, that going on because it was too much for the team. But we, we went through that stressor and now we grew from that because mm. we know we can handle that. So anything we do now after that is cake. We can, yeah. we can handle it. We know we've done the hard thing that we can handle the little things. So you go to Vipassana and you're by yourself for 10 days and you're stressing and you're meeting your own demons. Now you can handle that stress, stressful little meeting. You went for that. Now you can do this. Mm. And so that was a, a good process for us to go through. And now we're focusing on doing smaller retreats and we learned from that big one. So it's like we went, we, sh we swung for the fences and now we're able to hit small bases we can do it and so it was a big learning experience mm. i'd rather be now working in small more intense uh mm. situations than the long-standing marathon mm. we all the whole team's like this is a better format for us it's gonna oh, be 100 yeah yeah like six days you just go in and then just like relax and recuperate and like uh reobserve what you learned from that yeah i'm so excited for 2020 man i'm so excited mm. for what we have going on with the yogi lab and mm. just all the cool retreats and events you got to come to some of them like mm. it's going to be really fun and it's going to be optimizing us so we're going to be able to be better human beings and mm. that's a lot of what we're doing we're experimenters and we're explorers in our own potential so mm. it's like can we grow can we learn and put on these cool events and bring in dope people i mean mm. we met through that and i made so many other uh, aj i met through that like yeah. awesome connections of people that you instantly meet and you're like yeah we're going to be friends mm. and that's what a lot of what we're trying to do is is just build community and level up while we're doing it and it's fun because it's not so damn serious you know mm. we're able to do spiritual practices and fuck around and joke around and be hilarious mm. during it and that's that's my jam mm. you know? yeah. what are the what are the retreats that you that you guys are planning in 2020 there's a cool one um, yeah, let me know <laughs> we got we got um kathy cook and she's like a og well she's a super sweet very knowledgeable yoga teacher and our friend matt cook's mom and she's very like 30 years of experience maybe more maybe 40 years of experience mm. and that's like true ashtanga yoga master mm. uh we have denise Payne, and she's my yoga teacher i did two yoga teacher trainings with she helped change my life wow yo she's OG. how'd she change it She's an OG gangster mom who told me how it was. And I came from being a drug dealer to learning yoga. And she's the one who snapped my ego over her knee because she, wow. she didn't take any shit. She's hardcore. She didn't take any shit. So she was the first person who stood up to me from leaving the gangster life. And she's a little yoga teacher. 
all inked out. <laughs> all inked out. She got a bunch of ink at my shop, but she's, yeah. she's cool. And so we have her in March teaching a yoga teacher training, and you get certified as a yoga teacher out of it, and it's at the Astana. So it's mm. like awesome wins out of that. I'm excited for that because she was she helped me change my life, really. And now I'm able to host her yoga teacher trainings. Mm. So that's a huge, like, um, that's that's meaningful to me. Mm. And after that, we have Stian Nikolaisen, who's an amazing Norwegian bodybuilder, uh, high-performance life coach. Mm. And um, he is just an awesome human being. And mm. I can't wait for him to tell some of his stories. We're going to get him on the podcast. Oh. He's hilarious and um, good people. Dude, I'm just even thinking about, like, the ripple effect that, that just happened. Like, you came... You, you met that one uh, Ashtanga yoga teacher and then now you're creating this space, but now a lot of people are coming in here and it's like, well, what are the ripple effects that are happening when people, like for example, went to the Wim Hof train or the Marcel Hof training, you know, and then there probably was connections that you, you might not even know what's going on, but like their lives are forever changed. It was super cool because people came to our events and then they started little business opportunities on their own. Yeah. So they clicked in and that's the power of, of connecting with people that are like-minded because you go to some of these events and you know, you're feeling kind of antisocial sometimes, yeah. but you never know if you go to something that's going to better you. There's other people that are mm. also on that journey and you're going to connect with them and you could then be business partners. I met Dave in a fucking hot tub on my birthday because mm. uh, it was a cool place to go to. And now we have three businesses together and we're oh. like, we're, we're crushing life. So it's like, you can change your entire life just by going to something that works on yourself, you know? Mm. The universe is going to reward you for doing the work. You're going to meet people. You're going to expand. You're going to grow. You'll meet your best friend. Maybe you'll meet your partner or whatever. Like it, that, that happens. And so already just out of the one retreat that we mm. hosted, so many things happened. So out of that. many. So man. many like connections happened out of that because the intention was there. Mm. So that was that was like my favorite thing building community works and getting out of your shell and going and going and doing stuff like mm. it, it actually does have um, potential and it's just like exponential at that point you know it's like because it, it'll just attract more and more people and, and it's crazy because like you also guys got a uh, newer stuff what like someone told me aj was saying you got float tanks now yo yeah we got what, what, what else is going on because when i was there i was like oh wow like you could freeze yourself crowd and yeah, then yeah. you know the ice bath but then now you have all these things float tanks hyperbaric chambers um hyperbaric chambers cool because it's oxygenate oxygenating your body i think it's five times what the normal oxygen what? atmosphere is and so you're getting so much oxygen into your blood and it just it heals concussions it's making me a smarter human being really <laughs> yeah there's all these cool biohacking things going on there and that's exciting. The float tanks are super exciting. Built by uh, Crash, he's one of the, the most famous uh, float tank uh, production producers and manufacturers in the world. Uh, he did Joe Rogan's float tank. And Joe Rogan had him on his podcast. He's a trip, dude. Serious, <laughs> super trippy. How yeah. many you guys have? We got two. You have two. Yeah, 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 wow. yeah, yeah. The Astana is gonna be an incredible place to hang out, dude. It's gonna be insane, man. Yeah, I'm I'm moving to Uluwatu. I found a house. Me and AJ are gonna be housemates. Mm. <laughs> so it was like I met him, bro, three months ago, four months ago. And it was like those people, like I said, those connections you can make just by getting mm. out of your shell a little bit and you meet people that are also also wanting the same thing, right? Mm. And you meet those people, they'll change your life. Dude, that's crazy because like um, I met my roommate then. Uh, you're, well, I, I, I was cool. I was cool with them. Like, yeah, yeah. We, we were cool. You know, like, okay, you're doing that. I'm doing this. Yeah, All right, yeah. cool. But then we really bonded at the, at at the, the Astana, yeah, yeah, at the yeah, event, yeah. you know? even like think about it. i was like damn dude bro like that that, that was a phenomenal connection because he's like such a smart human being man mike chang is an alien yeah what is he, dude? <laughs> i love him it, it's insane yeah. um but tell, tell me more about this retreat that's like coming actually I, I wanted to say this because we need to find a way to get this more out there because actually and, and this is just me like being upfront. 
when when I saw the sales page and then when I saw everything, I was like, oh, that's cool, like or, or whatever. But dude, the moment I talked to AJ, bro, right. yeah, I was like, I have to be there. Like this guy, is so like the moment, and I think this is like the hardest thing because you know, same way with Instagram, puts like this this brand thing up. Like a lot of like for example, Apple, right? You you see this like sleek design, and, and there's no like even though you could read the copy, you could read the text. There's 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 not like that authentic connection, yep. you know, because the, the thing about a sales page or anything is just like one goal to get, get someone to buy. Right. And we see read through that these days. We're so desensitized because yeah. everywhere we look, people are trying to sell us shit. So mm -hmm. it's like, I think you and me don't even read anything that comes up anymore. It's just like, yeah, sales. That's why I was just like, yeah, you know, like, that's yeah. cool. You're like, dude, it's okay. Like we can make the sales. Like, no, no, it's cool. We just have no, I think, but dude, the moment I talked to AJ yeah. for like that one and a half hour, I was so happy that uh, my visa run got moved a cool. little bit. Yeah. That I'm like, dude, I, cause, cause dude, when people talk to AJ, man, like I did not, cause he's so like when you first meet him at first, he's intimidating as hell. He's huge. He's huge, bro. <laughs> like you're like, dude, you gotta meet AJ. He's huge. Literally, <laughs> dude. He was sitting right here when we're sitting, his torso is like the yeah. same. So we look the same, but the moment he stands up, his legs are so freaking long. Yeah. I just feel like a little baby, bro. Yeah. yeah like I shook his hands and I, I just felt like, like, you know, uh, you ever see a scary movie? Yeah. Take my strong hand. Take my strong hand. <laughs> I literally felt like I was like shaking his hand with a little nub. Yeah. I, I just felt like so demasculinated. But uh, I saw him at the gym today and he had, he, I think he was driving here, got something in his eye. So yeah. one of his eyes is all swollen and one of his eyes was like normal uh -huh. big. And I'm like, you look like Shrek. Like you look like <laughs> Lithuanian Shrek right now. <laughs> Yo, um, once I think the sales thing is off putting right off the bat, you're like, okay, it's just sales. But once you see the actual Dude. person and you see somebody as a person and then you mm. see them as like a, oh shit, he's a capable human being mm. who knows what he's talking about. And you really see him as a person who's done the work. Mm. Then you're like, yeah, I want to learn from you. And that's how funny enough. So, um, he applied to come to the Astana and we did a bunch of influencer outreach, you know how it is. And it was like, um, you know, I, I saw his page and I was like, well, you know, yeah. Cause he's just like with this big ass, like yeah, he looks yeah. Danish. He's too big and handsome. I feel threatened to fuck this yeah, guy. Fuck this guy. <laughs> I thought that too. That's like, exactly what I thought. Fuck this guy. Fuck, fuck he's too awesome. He's too handsome. He's huge. I was like, he's damn, bigger dude. than me. I'm, I'm like, I'm keeping my girl away from yeah, this yeah, guy. Same, same, same. Yeah, same. Now we'll we'll never no, know. No, no, no. <laughs> not happening. Who's that? Turn away. No, don't, don't even look at just him. Like, move <laughs> I'm going to need a gun. Yeah. So what I, what I saw him, I was just like, man, and then I met him in person mm. and he came and gave me this big heartfelt hug. Right. Like he gives you these big, huge hugs and it's like you're hugging a mattress. Like this <laughs> huge hug. And you're like, whoa, like he knows what he's talking about. He's yeah. a genuine human being. He's positive. He's mm. loving. There's no real ego there. He's just loving and cool mm. and supportive. And I was like, yo, he's one of us. Yeah. Like instantly when I met him, I'm like, he's one of us. We need him in this crew. Dave met him. He's like, yo, he's cool. He should be one of us. And I was like, yeah, actually. Mm. And mm, when that whole Nick Wood thing happened, my close friend, when he had the accident with his head, um, it was me, Dave and, 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 uh, and, uh, AJ holding it down. And that was a real bonding moment when I saw him as like somebody who was like, oh wow, like he showed up, he has heart and he's there. And we got super close after that. And I was able to hang out with them. We're like very close. We're moving in together. We're super close mm. friends after all that. Cause I look past the ego thing. I look past the Instagram thing and I just saw him for who he is. And I was like, that's a capable, awesome, loving, mm. heartful human being. Plus he's huge. So he could be my bodyguard. No one's yeah. going to fuck with me. Uh, AJ. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> that, like, like seriously. Cause, cause I literally felt the exact same thing. Um, 
you you were like, dude, you got a, you got a podcast with AJ or whatever. I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and then like seriously, because yeah. like, he's gonna be here, and then he's gonna be so big, and I'm a little like, small. And it's so funny. We made the thumbnail. I actually made myself look a little bit smaller, and it literally looks like he's towering over <laughs> me. It's insane. Um, and I just saw his Instagram, and I was telling him this show. I was like, dude, okay, this is like a swole ass dude. And, like he literally just looks like a regular Danish dude, even though he's Lithuanian. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, all right, this is one of these like like health coaches. And you're like, dude, you have to interview him. I'm like, fuck, like I have to interview this guy. He might be. <laughs> He might be boring. Like, yeah. he might just talk about protein. I'm, I, I was literally thinking. Muscles. Yeah, seriously. I was literally like, oh, man. Like, and I, I looked at the sales page. I was like, oh, like, look how freaking, like, he has like 13 abs. You know, I don't even know what's <laughs> going on. And then and then he says, like, you know, I only work out three hours a week. I'm like, fuck you, bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, and then seriously, I'm like, I, I honestly didn't even want to do the podcast. I was like, dude, like, I'm just doing Aaron a favor because he's a boy, yeah. you know. <laughs> and you're like so excited. And I didn't want to turn you down. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I can't turn Aaron down, man. He's like so happy, bro. And then I was like, right. and then he, he voice messaged me. He's like, hey, man, I feel like we have to talk before. And I'm like, damn, this guy's freaking, this guy's going to kill me when he gets here. Right? Because you literally, he literally looks like a machine, bro. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. He looks like a sentinel. A sentinel. Yeah, He's like yeah. one of those things that like, like if, um, like, you know, if they did uh, like a Terminator remake. Yeah. He would be like the Terminator saving like little kids for the future of yeah, humanity. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna come and kill other machines. Yeah, that's literally what he does. <laughs> Especially when he has like the the plugs up his nose and he has like yeah. he has like a thing stabbed in his arm yeah, and he's yeah. like checking his app to see his like glucose every now and then. He's the only person I know without diabetes that has the glucose app. Like you know, you're committed mm. when you're like in like literally biohacking because mm. you're like hacking things into your body and putting it into you. Like yo, he's committed, dude. And, he's yeah. Yeah. One of the most amazing human beings I've talked to in a long time. He's dope. Because the moment, like, he sat in front of me and it was just like, man to boy. <laughs> like, <laughs> to man to, like, little imp child, right? <laughs> and he just, like, talked, dude. It was like his Instagram, like, I, I, like all the judgments I thought from his Instagram were gone. The sales page of him just like, let me teach you my name is AJ. Like, you know what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying? Yeah. Me and Ryan are going to change 11. I'm like, okay, this is like, I've read so much sales pages. I'm like, all right, whatever. Aaron's dope. I'm going to do this. Dude, the moment I talked to him, that was like, like he wasn't even trying to sell me, bro. Yeah. But then I was like, dude, I want to go. Because, yeah. and that's like the thing, dude. It's like, how can we create a business where the world could then see that side of people to then want to go to these retreats? Because it's, it's those conversations that will get like, it's almost like the, the conversation that we have right now is, is, like, is like a light that attracts more people that are just like us yeah. to us. Yeah. But then, you know, Instagram, for example, we look at each other's pictures and we're like, fuck this guy. You know, it, it's immediately the ego gets in the way to save you as opposed to you talk to someone for an hour and like there's no selling, but everyone wants to go now. Isn't that the best thing when someone's cooler than they are on Instagram? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the best thing in the world if someone's cooler and more have more heartfelt than they actually are than they appear on the Internet. And mm. that's like the best thing ever when you actually meet somebody in person, you're like, you're better than I expected. Yeah. <laughs> it's like actually awesome, right? It's the worst like with Instagram models when you're like, oh, oh, that's what you look like in person. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> I got this thing I got to go to. Where's my escape route? <laughs> Freaking AJ comes in, come with me. <laughs> if you want to not be bored. <laughs> you just hop on his back and he carries you away. <laughs> yeah, you just look like you could literally, like, he could probably carry both of us, dude, and we would still look like baby monkeys on the top of, a, like, a orangutan. We should make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the ad. Yeah. Come with us. Yeah, yeah. AJ, we'll carry you there. Yeah. I think that would actually be a dope ad. We had a, a dope ad before, because uh, in, like, paid advertising, before we would just, like, write a bunch of copy and image and then 
come in and then sometimes the people that, that came through the cracks weren't really like the dream clients. Then we were like, screw it. We're just going to run an ad. But instead of an ad, uh, it's to a two hour long podcast. So the video ad was just the two hour long podcast and then sending them to uh, not a sales page, but like to book a call. And then the level of people that came in were so high quality because they saw so much value in that two hour yeah. piece content. Yeah. Dude, like if you guys did that with AJ's like top dude, cause it was like, you, uh, you were really interested in it too, right? Like you, you enjoyed it? Yeah. Yeah. She, she liked it. So like the moment, duh, duh, <laughs> dude, the more people like heard him speak. Yeah. Y- you guys are going to have a problem like having space, you know, this is huge learning, man. I'm, I'm really happy you brought all that up because uh, you know, it's like in today's day and age, we're like we're trying to market and we want to we we yeah. want to create a successful venture, but <laughs> we sometimes get lost in trying to market yeah. and trying to make sure that this is the best marketing material. But really, if we're just real and be real people and talk and jam and show value in that, mm. I think it's disarming and people actually get through it. Because I know I'm super dulled and insensitive to marketing yeah. material. I can't even read, bro. I, I read a bunch of sales pages and yeah. I'm like Man. like dyslexic at this point. I don't even like reading contracts. Like I just can't, you know, I just hate reading. You just sign it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool, Aaron, we own you. What? Damn Dave it. owns you. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. that's why you're triggered. He secretly owns you now. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and he did it in such a mindful way. Yeah, it's like, he's God, like, okay, you can have me. Fuck you and your meditation powers. <laughs> he's just... <laughs> Yeah, no, man, I think that's super important. And I think a lot of people can take value from that is like, just be real and document what you, what you know, mm. and just have real conversations and people are like, okay, actually he's done the work. He's a real person. Mm. And it shows through that, not through the fucking best angle you can possibly yeah, let's, show. Let's, let's pull up his freaking Instagram, bro. Well with AJ. Well with AJ. I know it by heart now. Um, I'm like, what's your last name? He's like, Whoa, so actually, you know what you can do? If you scroll down, there's a picture of me kicking over his head for my own ego purposes. So yeah. if you just scroll down a little bit, scroll down, I'll be throwing a really good high kick. There it is. Oh! Yeah. Just, uh, just for reference, everyone. Damn, you, got, you got a flexibility. You can, can you do a full split? Yep. AJ said, the next, the next slide over is me doing the splits. Bam. Um, so AJ's wow. six foot seven. <laughs> go, go, go to well with AJ. There you go. You can just yeah. click on, click on he's, his. He's going to be the guy that's... Uh, doing their treat and and we're, we're yeah. gonna like publish this out so i'm gonna follow him back what the fuck bro, yeah, bro i haven't been on i i haven't <laughs> i haven't been on instagram uh-huh. like like dude i'm telling uh-huh. you rush it would take a this. second to follow him right now okay we can follow him right here we can follow hey guys look click, click the button click on the button click the fucking click button. button dude I, i'm literally no longer on instagram why is so, it taking you so long right there do you see it it's right there <laughs> she's like this isn't part of the the, the this isn't part of the processes <laughs> <laughs> we need to keep followers low or following low followers high click the button the ego is in the way you know yeah yeah uh, but yo check seriously cr- you look at this and you're like screw this guy man yeah, he's yeah. like good looking Too he's, handsome. he's gonna tall. take your woman yeah and and, and he's and it, it almost sucks now that he's like humble too you're like fuck okay yeah. now you're an awesome I, human i gotta being. like him right yeah you have yeah. to like him yeah. Yeah, it was super funny, man. I um, yeah, his, 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 his transformation, right? And so just to see how chill and so I had the exact same thing. I was triggered before meeting him. I was jealous. I was like, no, nah, he's just too big. Look at that, three hours a week, dude. He works out, dude. I did his uh, workout, like uh, one of his workouts where you pretend you're getting chased by a lion for twenty seconds. Whoa! On a treadmill, I did, dude. Get this, ready. I almost threw up because I've been like doing a routine and he's like, no, I only work out three hours a week. And I'm like, what is it? He's like, one is like uh, just heavy weights, uh, 
fast 24 hours before because growth hormones up. He's like, dude, I gained 50 pounds of muscle in six months doing that. Did he tell you that? Motherfucker kept that from me. Bro, <laughs> dude, he gained 50 pounds. So, so now I'm actually planning this for Friday. So I'm going to eat my last meal at like say 4 p.m. I'm gonna fast for 24 hours and you said after you just want to freaking hit the gym hard and just eat everything inside after yeah, that. Yeah, I'll do that with you. Yeah. Sounds cool. Yeah. I'm so down. <laughs> so um, we'll do that and, and then uh, it's cool because like I was like we're probably gonna eat some like goat heart later on. I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. I'll show you a spot. It's disgusting I'm bro. Down. There's like flies everywhere but you get the organs. It's, it's super good. You didn't sell it with that last <laughs> that last comment. Dude, it's it's uh, it's it's I'm just setting the expectation really low. <laughs> <laughs> I'm setting the expectation He's really been listening. low. He's been listening. So you're gonna, like, if I'm like, this is the best thing, and you go in, and there's literally flies everywhere, yeah, and just, yeah. you know, people are dying of like the bubonic plague. Yeah. You don't want to go. No, but if you already if said I there you, might be the bubonic plague, yeah, 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 and then like, I don't awesome. get it, I'll be like, this place was dope. <laughs> this is the best. I didn't die. Uh, but, but yeah, fuck. What were you talking about? Uh, AJ being an epic human being. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, 24 hours, um, don't eat, and then. He says his growth hormone spikes like crazy. Mm -hmm. So we literally just did that twice a week and then gained 50 pounds of muscle wow. in six months. I'm like, dude, I, I could be like a bear at this point. You, you know? look like a ninja turtle. I'll literally look like, especially because like we're shorter than yeah, him. Like yeah. him, like it'll look good, but we'll just like, like I wouldn't be able to do this podcast with you because our shoulders would just be like in the way. <laughs> Take up the whole um, room. But then uh, the second one is just endurance. He's like, I don't do endurance anymore. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then the third one is, uh, he said, phosphogeneric civil cited cyclic acid cycle. And I'm like, okay, oh, what is that? Oh, of course. Yeah, I'm like, oh, oh, obviously, yeah, wow, crazy. Um, but essentially, is um, it's that thing in our primitive brain when you know when, when you when you get chased by a line, you're not caring about like form and reps, yeah. or you're not worrying about like any of that. You're just trying to freaking survive. So it's mm. like that survival stressor. So I kid you not, this is the hardest workout. He said for 20 seconds, you want to go on like a rowing machine or like a, like a bike and just like pretend you're getting chased by a freaking line. I did 20 seconds and then four minutes rest. I did that four times. So the total actual workout was maybe like a minute and 20 seconds. If the math actually makes sense on that, but dude, I was dead for the, the entire time. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that sounds amazing. And I feel like I want to try more things. What would motivate you more, though? So if you're getting chased by a lion or you're chasing Russian girls? I think both. Right? So, so if you had a <laughs> Russian at, girl at like, once. Yeah, because pain and pleasure, right? Carrot and the stick. Yeah, <laughs> I want them both. To be, yeah, I'm actually like super excited for, for this. Yeah, man. I think this is going to be a super fun retreat to go to. And yeah. what we want to be doing is getting people that want to go into the... the um, oh, wait, go up a little bit. This is hilarious. Click on the one with him and Mikhail holding the ice block. Yeah, and then if you go to the second, yeah, click on that, and then go to the second image. Don't they look like a figure skating? <laughs> <laughs> they look like a figure skating trophy at the Gay yeah. Olympics. How <laughs> amazing is? How did Dave get that property, dude? Yeah, literally on the edge of the universe, yeah, on the island of gods. It's amazing, isn't it? And scroll down, dude. Even like when he looks old, look, go, scroll down. Even oh, like old AJ handsome. looks freaking savage, handsome. dude. Look at yeah, that. That's great. Dude, what? Yeah, dude. Um, man, we just want to be putting on retreats. That's oh, gonna make us look all super. Look at that, human. dude. He keeps on. Like he, he regenerated. He healed like, that in 20 hours. He's like Wolverine. Literally. Yeah. Uh, he got that and he smiled because he's like, I'm about to heal myself in 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. This is the stuff I want to learn. And that's why I'm trying to live with this guy. I'm stoked about it because I just mm. want to be around people that are better than me and doing better than me. 
And that's exactly it. Um, this morning, I mentored a kid. Um, he's a young, aspiring tattoo artist. Um, he's unhappy where he was working. He, yeah. he messaged me and applied for a job, but he said in his application, I don't know if I'll hire him or not, but he, 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 he told me he was going through some depression and he's really unhappy. And so he met me at Body Factory. I just talked to him for a little bit. And AJ rocked up. And with my, our buddy, Javon Langford, who they're just high-level individuals. Mm. And they rock up and they're, they're tall and handsome and jacked and and the kid was like, what the fuck, right? They come up. And I was just like, I'm just surrounding myself with people that are better than, uh, I feel like they're just more advanced and more evolved than me in certain areas. Mm. And they just make me a better human being. And going to these retreats and going to these events and just being around those people is is making me better. Mm. I'm learning, I'm growing and being around that. And he was in, a, this kid mm. was in a toxic environment and he's going through depression. And, you know, he's, I could see all the patterns that I have and I've done. Mm. And I just told him, this is exactly what I do. Just mm. be around the people that you want to be like. Good. And it's going to trickle down. And it's better when it's like a smaller uh a group because you know the more people it just like adds adds more like wild cards to kind of like get bad values but like i think the reason why this one is gonna be even more doper is there's it's like limited to what only like 20 people yeah yeah smaller event yeah, yeah. 20 people only mm -hmm. uh which is dope because then the people that are there you know that's like they're the most curated people yeah it's going to be people that really want to be there. It's a high ticket event. It's, it's enclosed. It's in a luxury location. You're going to go get the value of not just the teaching, not just the, the place, but also the other people there are yeah. going to be people that are there to, to perform and to grow. Mm -hmm. So you're going to benefit from them. You'll probably end up being close friends with those people and become business partners. Like that's just Fuck, how dude. it works. You know? So it's a cool, it's, it's not just to go to that event. It's go to who you're going to meet there. Yeah, and that's what I love about this stuff because mm. you just make connections. Yeah, where where, where can uh, people find more information on so, on this stuff? Yeah, and they'll see me there too if if you guys want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, bro, we gotta have you there. It'd be so fun to have your energy there. There's gonna be uh, uh, www.yogilab.com, and on on that page you'll be able to find a link to our events coming up, and this will be the the latest one. Mm. Yeah, dude, this is freaking exciting! Isn't it crazy? Oh, you just had it. There it is. There we go. It? Yeah, it's right there. It's like along. six down. There you go. It's at the bottom. Yeah. Damn. There you go, there you go, there you go. Dude, that's the sick. I, I was looking at the promo video and then um, the fact that the man falls in the tube and then he turns into a yoga person. That's dope. <laughs> so there we go. That's the retreat, right? Hey. That's the one. <laughs> See, but like, look, look at this epic marketing, but then you don't actually know the people behind it. Yeah. But then, dude, he's such a dope human being yeah right. look at that you're like screw this guy he's right. wearing he's sophisticated he's glasses he's the only one that could pull like a like a cool picture with shit in his nose and right. make it look cool and i know from a guy who put a lot of shit in his nose that <laughs> <laughs> better decisions are available <laughs> dude i think i'm on the page too i see the back of my back yeah yeah on, um. on, on one of these <laughs> yeah man this is this is the way that i want to live my life this yeah. is truly how I want to evolve, and I know I'm going to be a more powerful, happy individual, and just a better. There's me in the background, better human, uh, better human being. Pakistana, yogi lab, yeah. life optimization center. <laughs> yeah, man, this is going to be good vibes, and I'm excited to have you there, bro. Hi, man. So, guys, check out this in the link below, and there's spots limited, but I'll see you guys there. Awesome. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you, guys. Aaron. <laughs> <laughs>